0: Welcome to it. So let's start today with subsidizing families, shall we? Isn't that a great way to start a a week? Yeah, let's just, let's subsidize all the American families. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? That's great. The government's now going to subsidize your family. Isn't that fantastic? They're going to make sure that you get everything you need. They're going to make sure they're going to pave the way for the universal basic income. They're going to take your job away from you because you're going to own nothing and you're going to be happy about it, right? Oh, come on. Come on. You can't tell me you're not
1: excited about that. How are you doing today, Bruce? Well, healthy, alive, trying to stay warm. It's a bit cold outside. Yeah, it's a little chilly over um, here too. You know, I'm I'm torn on this one about the, uh, because we do have, a, we actually have a problem with families not... Um, well, not having big enough families, if you will. Our our rate of uh, births to deaths is on the verge of being more deaths than births. So to sustain ourselves, um, well, that's partly why we have immigration as well. You know, that brings in, technically, you're supposed to bring in people that want to be here in the country and want to work and want to, you know, be a part of the nation and have our freedoms, but... Uh, yeah, that's not, that's not the going trend. You want to get everybody in as, as many people in as you can, that will vote for you is the going trend right now. And keep them on the dole to do so. Exactly. So that's why, that's why I'm a bit skeptical about this one. I, I want to encourage families to have kids and, and pass that, uh, you know, sustainable keeping, keeping our, um, country sustainable. But, um, I don't know that giving them cash is going to be the best way to do it you know? Well,
0: it's not that much. It's only 300. This is what Mitt Romney, you know, the conservative, the conservative. Yeah. Senator Mitt Romney. Yeah, the conservative. Right. He proposes 350. Oh, I, I was wrong. OK, maybe it is a little much. He proposes 350 dollars per child per month to families. So is that OK, Senator, is that families where they have two parents in the household? Or not. I would imagine probably not. It would be all parents that apply for it that have children. So does that mean all of the single parent homes as well? I would assume so. I would assume so. Because if not, you're going to alienate a lot of the, uh,
1: uh, the, the blue cities and the blue states. So it looks like uh, going over it, it's um, Romney's plan would abolish uh, the child. Let's see. It would abolish the child tax credit and replace with a flat monthly payment of 350 per child to families ages zero to five, you know, and then 250 for, you know, six to 17. That
0: child tax credit, that's always bugged me. But here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about it. I know people that take it. I, I know like I know people that that apply for it and they get it. And you know what they actually do with it? They use it to pay down debt, or put it on their mortgage, or or whatever, or put it on you know a new vehicle, or or pay off a vehicle, or something, whatever, right? Something that they're actually and they actually put it towards something that they're trying to build for their family and for their children. So that's yeah. that's one thing. But the other thing that I that I have a pro- like here's the problem I have with it is it's been turned into essentially it's a it's a giant welfare payout in that sense. So let me put this into perspective. So, I knew a couple who had a child were not married, okay? This is been like this has been like 10 years ago, okay? Had a child, not married, but they ended up getting married after the child was born, bought a house and uh, bought some new appliances and bought uh, you know new heating and air conditioning and all that stuff. And l- let me put this to, let me put this into an easy context. That year this is somebody I knew really well, and I'm not going to mention who it was. But that year, I made more than both of those people combined almost twice over, almost twice over. And I was barely able to get like a couple of hundred bucks back. That was federal and state combined. And I had no deductions, no dependencies, nothing. I claimed zero. And they get like $15,000 back because of a kid buying a house and, and buying all these appliances and all this crap. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, how in the hell is this even possible? That's the system. That's the system. I'm not mad at the people. I'm not mad at the people. I mean, that's just how it works. But I'm I'm not mad at the people. I'm mad at the system that allows that. You know, it should be and I'm not, I hate to sound cold hearted here, but I'm sorry. If you are going to have a child, if you're going to bring a child up in this world, see, this is what it's all about having a planned family. You love how they do that planned parenthood. It's got nothing to do with planned parenthood. You plan a family because you're not just bringing a new life into this world. You are uh, and and building a family, you are taking on a massive financial and personal responsibility for yourself and for everyone else in the household. So, I mean, when we were growing up, it was always, you know, our parents were saying, you know, yeah, we'd like to have another child, but we just can't afford it right now. You know, we'd like to have another one, but maybe a couple of years down the road and we're still able. Yeah, sure. That's, That's how it was. That's how it's always been. But now it's just like, yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll just have another one. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got a system now where it's in a lot of uh, urban areas, shall we say, across the country. You've got people that have kids just to get the money out of it. Like that's what it's turned into. And of course, you've got everything else that goes with it. You've got food stamps and our food assistance and and all that stuff. And so, well, of course, it's turned all, it's all turned into EBT cards. But imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine for me, if you will, a system where we had no tax credits like that. Imagine if we had no EBT cards. Imagine. Imagine a system like that. If you had something like that, well, then what would that do? That would naturally foster personal responsibility within a society. Because, well, maybe. Maybe. Because you look at Africa, you look at Central and South America, that kind of stuff. Okay. But, you know, you got dependencies and, and things like that. And those countries are largely dependent on other nations giving them food aid and stuff like that. So, I mean, you're, you're still looking at, at something like that. Corrupt leadership and all that stuff. So there's a lot of factors that play into that. But nonetheless, is we're being pushed into a sense of dependency. I mean, we have been for a long time, but this is just an, another log to throw on the fire, if you will. But this, Romney announced his proposal called the Family Security Act. The Family Security Act. See, the government's going to ensure your family security. See, you can't do it yourself, They've taken all your jobs away from you, mostly. So you're non-essential, but the government's going to take care of you. That's fine. That's fine. In a new release that touted the program as a new national commitment to American families by modernizing antiquated federal policies in a monthly cash benefit. Doesn't that just sound great? It sounds like it's a marketing uh, campaign is what it sounds like. Romney goes on to say, American families are facing greater financial strain worsened by the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, let me see. Senator, I haven't heard you a single time stand up there at any podium you've you've been at and said, boy, we should really open this country. We should really stop listening to these fools that are looking at politics rather than science. And we should open the country so our families can get back to work and they can earn a living and they can feed their families. I haven't heard you say that. So if it's been worsened by the pandemic, then why aren't you fighting to help the country get past it by using actual means that we've used in the past. He goes on to say, "And marriage and birth rates are at an all-time low." Well, let me see. Let me see. Okay, now that that is true, right? Our birth rates are down. They've been down for quite some time, quite some time all across the west in fact, not just not just in the US, but let's think about this for just a second. So, let's take a look at a former Communist nation, if we if we can for just a minute, let's look at Hungary. Okay, what's Hungary doing? Viktor Orbán over there. Let's look at what he's doing. His government has actually promoted a a program over there, and they're actually starting to do it now. Where, and I might be a little off here on some of the figures because I was reading about this last year, and it's fantastic. And I I'm wondering why our petty tin pot despots here aren't even thinking along these lines at all. Uh, But, you know, it goes to the larger issue of being puppets of the major banks and financial heads, I suppose. But that's another argument. But Hungary, let's take a look what they're doing. So they have a family financial incentive, if you will. So it goes something along the lines of this, okay? Man and a woman get together, which by the way, they've defined, I'm just stating, they've defined marriage in the the country of Hungary as a man and a woman. That's what they've defined it as. So a man and a woman get together and have a child. Well, if they get married well, then they get money for that child. They get, excuse me, if I'm I'm one step too far. If a man and a woman get married and they decide to have a child, well, then they get money for that child, as in they get a payment of, I want to say it's somewhere around uh, 25,000 euros or something of that nature. Now, interestingly enough, if you continue to have children, you get obviously payments for each additional child that you have. And then if you get Oh, excuse me, if you stay married through the entire childhood of that child, all the way up until adulthood, age of 18 years old, well, then you don't have to pay any more federal income taxes. Now, that is provided that you stay married. Now, what's wrong with that? What, what's wrong with that? They have had massive financial incentives to have children. Now, I've heard this topic brought up before. I, I've heard this, you know, posed in uh, several different, um, context and, and, th- and ways in the past. And one thing that I actually heard about was we need massive financial incentives. We need, well, not necessarily financial incentives, uh, incentives but we need massive incentives for people to have children. So in other words, you would, you would essentially, you would cut all of the welfare programs and you would turn that into incentives for having children. You would reverse it back on itself. So that, that was basically the idea. Uh, On top of that, you would also have to do a lot of other things in order to make that work financially, because there's a lot of other factors involved here. You'd have to do a large drawdown of military forces throughout the world from the United States. You'd have to pull them out of, I mean, you'd have to do a complete drawdown of Europe and the Middle East, complete, and probably most of the Pacific as well. And you'd have to bring them home. You'd have to put them on the border because we can't afford to do that if we're going to be paying people massive financial incentives to have children. So you need that extra money. But I've heard this off and on Uh, And yeah, he uh, he, anyway, Romney goes on to say that on top of that, we've not comprehensively reformed our family support system in nearly three decades. That's because the family has been under attack for 50 years, sir. If you haven't paid attention, if you haven't noticed. okay. so you're talking about a financial family support system, but you need to look at the other aspect of that, and that is the actual family structure itself. I almost want to say from a religious standpoint, because god family country you know if you look at it like that because that's that's really what it is that that's really what it boils down to and every single one of those things that i just mentioned those three things which work in harmony have all been under attack and it continue to be under attack every single day and so we're not talking about just finances here right family units are an independent economical unit in and of themselves and you cannot continue to support those systems if you don't have a, a foundational structure that's held together by a spiritual belief on top of it. But see, they're trying to remove all that again. You know, Bruce and I talked about uh, juvenile delinquency uh, one time. And we, you know what? We, we need to go back and we, we need to revisit that uh, because especially with COVID and everything, kids, are, you know, doing all this stuff. But, uh, you know, they're getting into trouble and everything else. But uh, we talked about that. And when we were growing up, we got three. And in most cases, we got four educations. And you got those simultaneously. So you had, obviously, your family, right? So what you had at home, you got that education. You got the academic side of things and your schooling. And then, of course, you had your spiritual education, whatever religious institution you belong to. So you got that as well. So there was your spiritual guidance, which gave you a sense of purpose, a higher sense of purpose outside of everything else. And then you had your, I guess, your extracurricular Uh, Education. So your social education. So whatever that might be, whether that was in, uh, if you were involved in sporting, whether you involved in Boy Scouts. You know, I myself was involved in both. So you got those social skills and those or that educational. Uh, aspect about life in and of itself in your upbringing. So really, you had four. And in some cases, I guess I maybe I was low low lowballing it. But in some cases, you had five educations. I got all five of those things, every single one of them. That forms the basis of a foundation for yourself. And it gives you a higher sense of purpose. And I know we're talking at the base of this, we're talking about finances here. But in reality, finances are only a small part of it. Everything that I just mentioned, those five educations, this forms you into an individual and allows you to create a foundation for yourself that allows you to build upon that and you can be self-sufficient so you don't need the government to take care of you. You can take care of your family yourself if you build your family in the correct manner. But see, instead of promoting a solid family structure at its core and promoting good, healthy community values at its core we're saying, oh, we're just going to give you money. So you're treating the gunshot wound with a bandaid. That's all you're doing. You're not actually removing the bullet and getting at the underlying problem. So he goes on. He says, our economy, our changing economy has left millions of families behind because of everything that I just mentioned. Now is the time to renew our commitment to families, to help them meet the challenges they face as they take on the most important work that any of us will ever do. Raising our society's children. Well, Senator, I just told you how we've traditionally done that, and how that's been under attack. Where's your call for that? Where's your call on any of those values that I uh, that I just underlined? Where, where's your call on fixing any of those things rather than just giving them a handout? Money doesn't fix the problems that I just said. This proposal offers a path towards greater security for American families by consolidating the many complicated programs to create a monthly cash benefit for them without adding the de- to the deficit. Well, if you don't have the money, you'll just print what you need, right? Modern monetary theory. Isn't that where we are now? Twelve trillion in the last 12 months. Hell, why do we care? Why do we care? We're just going to print whatever we have right in in GDP. Why not? Th- this right here, this right here, this this type of talk. I don't care if it's a Republican, a Democrat, an independent, whatever the hell. I don't care that right there that's an enemy of your family. That is not a savior of your family. But he's selling himself like, oh, it's we're going to help you with this money. The government does not want to help you. What was it Ronald Reagan said? The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Well, sir, American families don't want your help. We don't need your help. We didn't ask for your help. All we want you to do is get out of the way. That's it. That's all. That's all. And, and I, I have to wonder, Why isn't this? Why hasn't this Joker been recalled yet? Why hasn't he been recalled yet? Who's he actually representing? He's a conservative. This is a Republican. Uh, Bruce, you can jump in there. You can knock me off my soapbox anytime now.
1: Yeah. Quick question on your um, nine words. Do contractions count as one word? Sorry, that was that was a side note. Um, So uh, jokes aside. This plan that he's putting forward would cost uh, $254 billion. The current child tax credit and earned income tax credit costs uh, $188 billion. Um, He's basically planning to offset this by cutting a bunch of tax filings and eliminating some uh, tax credits. And um, let's see here. There's the head of household, uh, child and department care, uh, temporary assistance to needy families, uh, state and local tax deduction. Uh, he's looking to remove all of those and just do the uh, the, the money. <laughs> um, interesting thing to note: uh, Democrats want to do a tax credit of thirty six thousand, uh, excuse me, thirty six hundred dollars a year, and make it fully refundable. Uh, ensuring that parents who don't owe taxes still receive a payment from the government. Uh, the Democrats also want the IRS to distribute the tax credit or, or the tax refunds, if you will, uh, in advance every month, essentially creating a monthly government payment to families distributed by the IRS instead Universal of basic know, by, basically. Romney's proposal, however, is $4,200 a year. And it's using the Social Security Administration to distribute uh, the payments. Social Um,
0: Security doesn't have any money. Social Security has been broke for 30 years. We've been sending out IOUs on Social Security checks for the last 30 years, almost 35 years. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Does that mean, oh, I'm not going to get a check? Oh, no, 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 no. You're going to get a check. You're always going to get a check. The problem is, is it's going to buy less and less and less. You don't have to tell anybody that's on a fixed income that their money is buying
1: a whole hell of a lot less these days. Well, to be fair, Romney proposed the the Romney's proposed idea, removing those other tax credits. um, So basically, the government takes more money from you will pay for sending more money to you, uh, which if you're not taking, if you quit taking so much money from us, that means we have more money in our pocket, which means we would be in a better position to begin with. Anyway, um, but just another little tidbit here. The Family Security Act has been endorsed by the, uh, the Scannon Center. Don't know who that is uh, personally, but also the Universal Income Project and the UBI Center. Which is essentially, that's what this is, right? It's a UBI. And as you were saying, this would make you reliant on the government more, at least more reliant. I mean, $1,250 is the maximum. Well, basically, here's what they want to do.
0: They they need to get everybody on the plantation, if you will. Okay, then then once they get everybody in there, right, once they get everybody on there and you got your your UBI and all that
1: stuff and you're nice and comfortable, then they're going to start cutting it off if you don't do what they say. This isn't welfare. He's Okay, so in, in what Romney's saying, he's saying it's supposed to be welfare, basically. And that, that's literally what it's calling it as welfare and not a tax credit, like the Democrats are wanting to do. Keep in mind, this is welfare. This is meant for people that most need it, right? That's what welfare typically is. The $1,250 per family, you'll receive that as long as your income does not exceed 200000 for a single family tax filer or 400,000 for joint filers. So if you make $400,000 a year and don't go over and you have 5 kids, you will get 1250 per month from the government. And now if you go over the 400,000, for every 1,000 over 400,000, you lose $50 of that. So, there you go. It's not for the most needy. It's for depending on the part of the country you're in, the middle class.
0: Again, as I said, they need to get everyone on the plantation, and then once they get everybody in there, then if you don't do what they say, then you don't get money. Because understand, understand what I'm about to say, that we've been, well, actually, I guess I don't really have to repeat this, but we've been saying this for going on almost three years now. Massive unemployment is coming. Massive. And I'm not talking about this this nonsense with this COVID stuff, okay? Massive unemployment is coming. When I say massive, a couple of billion people are going to be out of work, right? Two billion people. That's the kind of unemployment we're talking about. here. And I don't mean, oh, it's just going to be something temporary until we can come up with something else. No, 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 no. They are going to eliminate those jobs. What do you think the term non-essential means? Means you're no longer needed. Well, if you're no longer needed, well, then why do they need to keep you around? Is it starting to make sense now? And you say, okay, well, it just starts with three hundred and fifty dollars per child. Yeah, but you see where it goes. Let's get off of this before I come unglued. All right, who's this Marjorie
1: Green or whatever her name is? Who is this? Is this the one that wanted to impeach Biden on day one? That's a good question. I don't know if that was her or another congresswoman. Uh, Specifically, this is the QAnon uh, congresswoman. Oh, this one. I thought. Okay, I thought that was Liz Cheney. Uh, Cheney might be also. no, Cheney. Cheney is um, she's the one that was uh, voting for Trump's impeachment. She was for it. Oh, one of okay. the Republicans for it. But and didn't she, she being, get didn't she get censured? Yeah, she got censured. For, and in fact, for what for saying she would vote for the impeachment? basically. But the Republicans hate Trump. Um, yeah, but it was she was censured by her state, not by oh. the Rep- Republican Party. Oh. And her state is now saying uh, demanding her resignation
0: so oh, okay well i didn't like her i don't I, I don't like her i don't like her dad anyway so
1: see ya yeah yeah so you know but as far as um uh marjorie uh she had i believe some conspiracy conspiracy theories q and oh, being we, one of them yeah we like conspiracy theories all right what is it uh, i don't well, follow this
0: q garbage i, I never followed it I, hey, yeah tr- trust yeah. the plan how's how'd that work out for
1: you yeah yeah uh i'm not even really sure all the stuff that QAnon believes um, so I, I, don't even know the things that she believes. I did not dig into it to know. Um, however, uh, the Republicans voted on whether or not to remove her from her, um, uh, what, what, what is it? Uh, not, not counsel. The word, word slip. Thing. Committees. Committees. Thank you. She was, um, the Republicans voted not to remove her from any of her committee assignments. The Democrats on the other hand decided they were going to call a vote in the house and voted to have her removed from all of her committees. Now you might be thinking, well, okay, you know it's a house they, they can do that. Um, this is the first time it's ever happened. Uh, your Your own party removes you from committees. Your own party is the one that appoints you to committees. The entirety of the, the the Democrats and and Republicans, you know the entire body does not put you into the committees and they do not remove you from committees. So basically, the, the, that, that, that's the, the the gist of it, if you will. She was removed by the, the House altogether uh, from all our committees. That's never been done. That's, that's a first time ever been done in our 200 and some years. Uh, so it, it, it's basically, this is going to set, this sets a precedent now. If uh, the Republicans ever get par- uh, power again, and they have any kind of testicular fortitude, they can start doing that to Democrats and just start removing them from all committees. Oh, you know, all hell would be breaking loose if that were to happen. Yeah, well, uh, all hell should be breaking loose right now because you don't do this. But, yeah, Republicans, but, you know, exactly, exactly. Republicans the do nothing,
0: spineless, gutless cowards. Marco Rubio, do you know what he just did? He just what introduced he a bill that this is supposed to be a Republican. He just introduced a bill that would strip any one of their gun rights who is under investigation for domestic terrorism.
1: You know, that, We we, kind of talked about, uh, you know, the the party system and having a third party come in like the Patriot Party uh, run by Trump. You know something? Maybe that would be good. Maybe that would be a good thing. Not for the country.
0: I, no, it's not, not for the country. But you know something? I, I see these these cowards. These Forget the Democrats, right? Those, those people are lost cause. The, the Republicans, right? This? Are you kidding me? The one time you actually see one of them stand up, they stand up and caucus with another side that's actually against the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Forget parties. okay. when I say caucus with the other side, I'm not talking about political parties. I'm talking about caucusing with the Bill of Rights and the Constitution of which they swear an oath to protect and defend against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And as nearest I can tell that right there is a domestic enemy. They're the ones that are now defining who is and who is not a domestic terrorist. And to be be quite frank, we can't even get a clear answer as to what a domestic terrorist actually is. We can't even get that. Although we're well, hearing, because, you know, it's like gender; it's fluid. Yeah, well, and pretty soon it's going to be this, and you can quote me on this one. Pretty soon it's going to be this. If you even question the 2020 election, you're going to be a domestic terrorist. And you know something um, that's not that far much away. said that. Yeah, exactly. That's not that far away.
1: Yeah, they they said uh, basically in one of the uh, uh, one of the I think it was Homeland Security releases. They basically said if you have an issue with the election. Uh, You have issue with the border or immigration. Okay. Or you have issue with...
0: I've got an issue with the election. I've got an issue with the last 50. Okay. Not just one. I got an issue with the last 50 because election fraud's been going on for a long time from both sides. Make no mistake about it from both sides. So I've got an issue with the election process for quite some time. Does that mean get rid of the Electoral College? No. But here's the thing. If you're questioning the 2020 election, right, forget the other ones that I'm talking about. But if you're questioning the 2020 election is supposed to make you a domestic terrorist, well, then why are they introducing legislation to have all of the safeguards for future elections thrown out? I'm sorry. that That's just common sense. Who's acting like the
1: domestic terrorist? Who's acting like the insurrectionist? Arrest my case. Yeah. So this is where I, I honestly, let, let, let's have that third party show up. Maybe, maybe Republicans will. Well, the, the Republican Party's dead. They're 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 dead. They're done. They're done. They're they're destroying themselves
0: now. Everything that they're doing now, you might as well just. I mean, well, you can call them Democans and Republicrats. I've heard those terms
1: before. You might as well. We don't have two parties in the country. We've got one. Yeah, and it's made pretty obvious. There, there's been no Republicans aren't standing up against any of this. Like, where are you guys standing up against the these bills they're putting forward that are are trying to remove our gun rights? I mean, where are you standing up? They're against introducing the them. Rhetoric? They're yeah, introducing them exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, granted, okay, there are a handful of Republicans that are still strong constitutionalists and are standing up against those things. Yeah, there's like maybe half a dozen if you're being generous. Uh, but I don't know. It's just it, you, the American people are going to have to wake up and, and vote differently. Uh, I, I mean, at least we're not going to, to up soon, you're not gonna be able to. You're not going to be able to. That that's well, maybe it's state level. Depends on the state. You know, State, and not local, using level, yeah. State uh, and local level, yeah. State local level.
0: You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to tear these these machines out, right? Those voting machines got to go. And and when I say voting machines, I'm not talking about a, I'm not talking about just where you vote on the machine either. Okay. Think about this. If you say, okay, well, I've got a paper ballot. Okay. How do they count that paper ballot? They run it through a machine, don't they? Uh huh. So what we need going forward, and I've heard this on a number of occasions, and I've been hearing this for years too, but I'm a firm believer in the fact we need a double sided ballot. So basically. It's the carbon copy. When you vote, the master copy goes in, but you get to keep the carbon copy for yourself. And that's it. That's it. So if there's any election problems, you go back
1: and you turn it in. That's it. So, I mean, I'm okay with going digital as long as you get to see your vote. Like, for example, um, you could still technically cheat, if you will. But as as long as you have a copy of like, as long as there's a hard copy and a digital copy to to reference both, and you have a copy of the uh, the, the paper, and you're able to access the digital at any time that you wish. Um, and none of this BS that states do and say, well, we, we keep the the uh, ballots on hand for two years after, but you can't access it until a year and 364 four days have passed, right? None of that BS. Hell, Georgia didn't even be, do that.
0: They they didn't even well, do that. They didn't even wait. I
1: I saw them down there shredding yeah. ballots. Yeah, they, they shred were right shredding away. ballots. I saw it with my <laughs> yeah. own eyes. Yeah. If we, I mean, we have blockchain systems. We should be able to have it set up to where, uh, you know, secure login and all that. You log in. You you vote. I mean, hell, you could vote digitally or whatever. But as long as you you can ensure the entire process, like, I don't know, we we have technology in place that could make this secure. The problem is, is nobody wants to do it because it it, it benefits them to have a system that they can cheat with both sides. Both sides are guilty of it.
0: That's true. Because if you were to actually put in legitimate election processes and security checks and all the rest of it, these people would be out of a job. They'd be out of a job. Because people would remove, him. and that's the other thing. That's when when you start looking at like the election. If you like, that's I think that's to the larger question. To be honest, forget Trump. Okay, I, it, it's not about Trump. I think it's to the larger point about the election fraud. When you question the integrity of the election in 2020, right? In 2020, I think if you go in as the American people and you start upending that apple cart, which that's what I want to do. I want to go. That's that's what people loved about Donald Trump. He didn't go in and give you the nice statesman talk or any of that garbage. He didn't do that. He walked into the room. He grabbed the uh, the side of the table and he threw it up in the air. That's what he did. And that's what people liked about it. And that's the kind of attitude that we need, not specifically from Trump, but anybody that does that. And I'm not talking about extremists or anything like that. So get that out of your head. OK, it's not about that. It's about challenging the status quo. Again, GP brought it up about AOC. She challenges the system. I like the fact that she challenges the system. I do. I like the fact that Alexandria. It, yeah, I, if you're actually believing what I'm saying, I like the fact that AOC challenges the old guard Democrat establishment. I like that. However, I don't agree with what she's actually pushing. She, as I said, she's a stone-hearted Marxist, whether she even knows it or not. That's what she's promoting with all that social justice and everything. And but the fact is, is that back to the election thing. I, I think if you were to start questioning as the American people, right, as the populace, if you start questioning the election, all elections, I think you're going to find, and I'm just guessing here, because this is why all of them are so adamant about making sure that nobody questions that. And they're changing the entire system. So you can't go back and look, because I will bet you if you were to go in there and you were to look at a lot of these elections, senators, house members, state legislators, governors, all the rest of them, I'll bet you'll find that a lot of them aren't even supposed to be there. That's my guess. That's my guess.
1: I'm I'm curious. Uh, we we talk about how all these politicians are Marxists. Are, are we mislabeling well, them? Well, no, hold, on, hold, hold on, hold on. Marxist? When I say no, 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 no,
0: I'm not labeling them Marxist. I'm labeling them as promoting Marxist
1: ideology. There's a difference. So well, you can okay, you can L- carry the agenda. Let me, yeah, let go me ahead, finish sorry. my thought here. The, the reason I say that is. Because the things we're seeing are yes, I, I agree with you, okay, what what you're saying that we're 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 labeling their actions or what their the policies and things that they're putting forward are marxist, right, or they have a mar- Marxist tinge to them, but when you really look at what's going on, it's not they're not trying to enact a socialist system, they're not trying to enact a, a socialist utopia or whatever they 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 say they're they're wanting to do. they're creating an oligarchy, they're creating elites and everything that basically are you scratch my back, I'll scratch uh, yours, and we'll we'll create these little systems to where I can get rich and well, you get is, rich as long as... That is that, that's how Marxism has been used. It is. Uh, so, yes, uh, I guess that's true. But as far as... That's how it's been used, but it's never... Marxism has never really truly been tried, if you will. Correct. Correct. So, I, I agree with the socialists there and the, the communists. It, it It's never officially been tried because human nature gets in the way. So... Mm-hmm. Capitalism's never been tried. True. Yeah. You know, human nature gets in the way again. So uh, as far as that's concerned, I, I, I don't think these people really truly believe the rhetoric that they're saying they believe. This is except, all about getting except, more power.
0: And, except Bernie. I, I, I no. really, I, I believe Bernie is a true believer. I, 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 I really do believe him that.
1: You're not going to give him that? It, it, give him that? Truly, Why? Because he sold out? I won't give him that. Because uh, if he truly believed that. Why doesn't he pay more in taxes? Why does he have three houses? Why does he have a, a private jet? Why does he have all these things and benefits that he's taking in and and why did he cheat the system there in, in his state? Why does his, why did his wife cheat the system there at the college university that she was at? So n- no, I I won't give him that. He's um, he puts on a good good game, good front.
0: Okay. All right. When you put it in context like that, all right, I'll go along with you on that. Yeah, I forgot about the university thing. He and the old lady busted out the university. with. The, I think his daughter was even involved in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. I remember that now. Um, and he yep. made a lot of money running for president, didn't he? He, made, he cashed in yeah. on that quite a bit. 15% of all the advertising.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. That his wife just ran and the, the advertising just agency so just happens, got closed man. up the next day. <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All right. All right. I'll give you that one. I, I'm actually – I'm trying to think. I mean, okay – I guess if you were to go back and you were to look at, I don't know, uh, I mean, you'd actually have to go to like the card carriers, right? The card carriers, Van Jones, right? Van Jones is a communist. I mean, he was card carrying there for a while. I don't know if he still is or not, but- uh, Supposedly, he's not anymore. He's not anymore? Well, I mean- Supposedly. Once once Marxist choice, (laughs) kind (laughs) of, kind of. I've met people that used to be, and they're no longer because they actually, and you know what actually deprograms them? They actually see the society that's created. That's what deprograms them. And, you know, it reminds me of that interview. And it's a very difficult interview. If you look around hard enough online, you can probably find it. But it's usually being taken down all over the place. There was an old defector from the Soviet Union. His name was Yuri Bezmenov. And there's an interview that he put out. It's I, I think it's like an hour and a half long. And. In there, he says that the only way—and this is the truth. I mean, this is the truth. I know people that that, uh, that grew up under communism in different parts of the world, whether it's Soviet communism or Eastern European communism or whatever. I mean, you could argue it was the same thing, satellites and all, but they understand what it is. Okay, you got Central and South American style communism, that type of thing. But the people that grow up under these systems, or the people that actually see these systems, the only way you can wake them up is if you put them in that situation. So there's no way to actually reach them when you're talking about it in the Western capitalist, well, quasi-crony capitalist systems that we live in. You can't really reach someone and explain to them what happens under a full-blown communist system. You can't reach it. Or even a fascist system, for that matter. You can't really... I mean, a full-on, like, Mussolini, Hitler, Franco kind of fascism. You can't really explain to these people how awful it is to live in a totalitarian state from either side. You can't explain it. So you actually have to put them there. And that's one thing that Besmanoff was clear about. He says the only way you're going to wake these people up is if you physically pick them up, put them in the middle of that society... And that's the only way you're going to figuratively kick them in the pants. That's the only way you're going to do it. And that's the only way they'll understand. See, I always make the argument about these these stupid kids like AOC and and these idiots that go out there and they ramble on about these ideas of Marxism, of which they know nothing about. Go to North Korea. Go there. Go to Caracas. Go to Venezuela. And I'm not talking about you get the guided tour with the minders and, and all of that and you get, you know, the propaganda tours and everything. Not that. No, 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 no. Go and actually see what that system produces. You know what's going on in China right now that's not really anywhere in the news? You've got a lot of riots happening in China. Why is that happening? I, th- I thought it was this glorious utopia, right? By the way, China's not even a communist country. It, it's not. They're, they're crony capitalists. They're, they're a bunch yeah. of thugs and, and, and lunatics and psychopaths, just like the Nazis were. Those weren't true believers. Those weren't true socialists. They called themselves socialists. but They weren't socialists. They were thugs. Yeah. They were lunatics. They were psychopaths. They were hoodlums. That's all they were. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing with the Chinese fascism.
1: Communist Party. Sorry, go ahead. The, it's, it's more corporate fascism or yeah, exactly. you know, an oligarchy, if you will.
0: Exactly. But they're rioting in China today. Why? Because it's 15 degrees Fahrenheit and most of the country doesn't have any heat. They're freezing to death. That's why they're rioting. You got these glorious cities that they build out of nothing, I might add. There's nothing to back that up with. The central bank over there, which they control, they say, oh, yeah, we'll we'll back whatever you want. Just build whatever you need. And so they're building these massive towers with no one living in them and the people that do live in them have nothing. So it's a, it, it's a joke. It's it's an absolute joke. The the systems, like the the totalitarian systems are a joke. I, I could sit here and I could go on for 3 hours about Marxism, socialism, communism, fascism, whatever in the hell, right? Pick your flavor. I could go on for hours about that stuff, but unfortunately I'm not going to. I want to get back to the capital. I want to talk about I mean today's all about the hypocrisy of what's going on in uh in DC. So Let's look at this. Louis Gomer, right? Representative Louis Gomert GOP rep out of the house, and Andrew Clyde, another GOP rep out of the house. So Louis Gomer's from Texas, and you know something, I like Louis. I, I like Louis. Louis, I mean, yeah, older older fellow in the GOP. Okay, fine, but I've heard Louis give a lot of um, uh, a lot of perspective on on TV and such. And you know what, the guy, I mean, he seems okay. But at the end of the day, he's a politician, isn't he? Andrew Clyde, don't even know who this guy is. Rep from Georgia. Don't know who he is. Never heard him before. But what happened to them? So after January sixth, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrat Party decided that they were going to install—was it metal detectors?
1: Uh, yeah, basically, yeah.
0: So basically, it's like a security checkpoint before you can go in because they were scared that their Republican colleagues were going to shoot them or or whatever. Isn't that right? Isn't that what it was? Yeah,
1: they, yeah. They were afraid they were going to get—they were out to kill
0: them. Yes. Oh, for God's sake. Anyway, so what happened? Louis Gombert and Andrew Clyde decided that they were going to bypass those metal detectors and said, you know what? This is ridiculous. You know, we're elected House members. We're not here to hurt anybody. Look, we're just we're going in to legislate and do our jobs. So they walked past it, said to hell with it. Well, each one of them have been fined $5,000 for bypassing the, uh, not just the walkthroughs, but they told the guards, don't have time for this, right? Walk past them. So this is a this is a violation of the House rule that was adopted this week. This will be deducted. Uh, see, they could be issued the fine, but yeah, they might not pay it. So they've decided that it's just going to be deducted right from their salaries. So that they'll be sure and get that money. Where's that money go? Where, where's that money go?
1: Well, that goes right into the DNC's coffers. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. Here- Here's the problem with this rule that they're wanting to do. Let's say um, I'm the, um, you know, the the Republican majority leader, right? And, you know, instituting these laws or the Speaker of the House or whatnot. Um, yeah, I would put a rule in place that every politician that supports abortion pays a $10,000 fine. That's essentially what they're doing here is they're, they're taking one of the platforms of the opposing parties, um, uh, y- y- what they stand for, and... Uh, finding them over it. The The difference here is this is their constitutional right to be able to carry a firearm. And in fact, one of the representatives, I forget which rep, she, what her name was, but she's the one out of Colorado that had the restaurant that carried a firearm with her at all oh, times. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah, said yeah. she was going to carry one on to the hill. Well, she was actually granted a concealed carry permit to allow her to do that after the whole kerfluffle, and they were going to throw a hissy pit about it. Yeah, you know, she I, was granted I'm, a permit. I'm actually curious. <laughs>
0: maybe you can help me out with this, Bruce. How many people were shot and killed
1: at the Capitol on January 6th? Oh, man, that was hundreds. They, they, they came really? in with guns and they, they just unloaded. Yeah, fully automatic 50 cals. You know, they just unloaded. No, actually, there was one. One. Okay. And who was it? Was it, was it a House uh, member? Was it a senator? Uh, no, no, actually, it was a uh, One of the protesters that was there, Ashley Babbitt, she was shot by a lieutenant in the Capitol Hill police force. Okay, All right. Now, I
0: find this fascinating because do you remember a few years ago, the uh, congressional baseball game? Mm, Yeah. House whip. Yeah. House whip uh, Steve Scalise actually Mm. got shot and Mm. was taken to a hospital in critical condition, almost died. Yeah. Several other members of Congress. Yeah, 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 several other members of Congress were shot and mm-hmm. oddly enough, they were shot by a wound-up lunatic Bernie Sanders supporter. Not playing mm-hmm. politics, just stating a fact. That's all. <laughs> now, where was the GOP? And I'm not again, I'm not playing politics. Not I'm not playing sides here. I'm just asking a question. Where was the GOP to put in all of these security measures and put walls up and and do all this and and put security checks in there for Democrats? Where was that? Where were the calls that they were worried about their Democrat colleagues killing them? Where where were those
1: calls? I I don't remember any of those, do you? No, and I'm I'm hoping I know they're not going to, but I, I really wished Republicans learned their lesson years ago that if you compromise with the Democrats, if you jump on board with any of their policies and compromise, and they will praise you in the moment, but the second you you oppose one of their policies, now you're Satan incarnate. So if the Republicans would learn that from their colleagues there from the other side of the aisle and um, use some of their own tactics and, uh, you know, meet fire with fire, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we would have more freedoms and liberties here in the, the country. But... Uh, for some reason, Republicans tend to re, uh, keep reelecting these pansies in office now that have no spine. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to get heated over over that. I, I know where
0: you're at, man. I'm I'm sick of this. You know, white shoe boy, uh, effeminate attitude that you get, and when they get up there on TV, they give some cutesy statesman response. Shut up. Shut it, just shut your mouth seriously I, I I'm tired of hearing it.
1: Go do something about it and stop talking about it. Stop giving it this fluff. so and quit going with- and quick proposing policies like Mitt Romney that that's literally the same thing that the left is wanting to do. He just rebrands it as something else. That's what they were trying to do with the Obamacare. They were trying to, to, well, they were going to abolish it at first. And they were like, well, we have to repeal it and replace it. No, you don't replace it with your own. You get rid of it. You give us the freedom to choose from it. And then you get out of the way so that we can choose from other states. We can find the better one. Give us a list of options. More options, the better the, the competition, the better the, uh, the the product you get. But
0: Louis Gomer, he said he's going to appeal the decision because he says it's ridiculous. He said, "This isn't The Godfather, where you plant a gun in the toilet tank. There is no toilet tank in the bathroom <laughs> in the Capitol." So, um, he says that he's going to uh, be appealing that. But uh, yeah, it's five thousand for the first offense, and it's ten thousand for every offense thereafter. So they will double it, uh, but they haven't said they'll go any higher than
1: ten thousand. Maybe I, I'll take a different stance. Maybe I should, as, as the House Majority Leader, maybe I should just like enact a rule that every single Congressman, Congresswoman, all of you are to be required to go to the firing range once a week, and you are required to bring your firearm to the halls. Well, I mean, the Secret Service, they have to qualify every...
0: The ones that are on special detail, they have to qualify every 14 days. So you might as well hold them to the same standard, right? Yeah. So you're asking, what happens if a Democrat cuts the line and doesn't go through the uh, the metal detector? Well, it wouldn't happen, right? Wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen. No, they're,
1: they're clearly law-abiding... Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and again, I'm not I'm not playing sides. I'm not playing sides. Stop. Stop. Get that out of your head that we play party politics here. Right. We're not beholden to a political party or to a person that represents a political party. We're beholden to the American people, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Period. End of story. That's it. Nancy Pelosi decided that she was the House Speaker, for those that don't know, decided that she was going to skip the line and not go through the metal detectors. She bypassed the screening process entirely. So according to her, she says that she doesn't have to go through it because, well, a couple of reasons. One, she's the Speaker of the House. OK, that's the first thing. Why would she want to do anybody any harm? Which I think was her idea to put this in anyway. So she went through what was called or what is known as the Speaker's Lobby. And so, yeah, she doesn't have to do that because she has her own entrance, you see. She has her own lobby to go through. So why would she be doing anyone any harm by by doing that? You know, she she went through her own lobby, her own entrance, her own office so like what why would you why would you need to rules follow by the, why the, would you not for me yeah why, why would you need to follow the same rules you don't you don't need to do that and again the question is is why those are her rules to begin with they call Pelosi's actions part of the uh, typical good for thee not for me type of attitude that comes out of San Francisco. Representative Dan Crenshaw, right? Everybody knows Dan Crenshaw, the eye patch guy. He makes a joke about it, you know, about himself. But um, he says, uh, pay the fine, Speaker Pelosi. He put that out on Twitter. Crenshaw told Fox News that Pelosi should pay the fine because her action was against her own rules. Now, is this a smart rule? No. Is this a rule that makes sense? No, of course not. But that's not the point. The point is, is that they are her rules. She's literally confiscated property in the form of money. Which we think is unconstitutional, but in any case, they're doing it. This is, again, this is Crenshaw. She won't abide by the rules herself, so we're going to make a huge push for her to actually pay that fine. Nancy Pelosi is going to have to pay a $5,000
1: fine? Oh, goodness. Uh, I, I I call BS on a huge push from the Republican Party. It's going to be a strongly worded letter, is all it's going yeah, to
2: be. Yeah. And with, with such. I thought uh, it was just going to be a raised eyebrow, but okay. With,
1: with such. Um, with such
0: a uh, an outstanding representative from the state of California uh, here to speak on House <laughs> Speaker Nancy Pelosi is uh, our very own GP who is from the state of California. How you doing, GP? Fantastic.
2: I am just really enjoying the day, getting ready to go do some more training. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because everybody's uh, saying fantastic today. That's right, the so word we, of the day. <laughs>
0: yeah, we got a little bit of time left here. So New York City, right? I, that that's all we had on the on the on the uh, Capitol Hill because uh, what's going on up there? So basically, GP the. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of Republican reps got fined five thousand dollars for go- not going through the uh, the metal detectors mm. that they had put in, and Speaker Pelosi, because she has her own lobby and her own entrance,
2: she didn't have to go through it, and she doesn't have to pay a fine. So I see who would end up paying this money anyways? Be the taxpayers?
0: Well, no, they deduct it directly from the representative
2: salaries, so they make sure that they get that money. Oh, okay. What's that a drop in the bucket for her? Because you know, I, I guess I don't idea. know. It,
0: well, it, it it might buy her a couple more pints of ice cream in those twenty five thousand dollar freezers that she's got. Right, just a couple yeah. though. Just yeah. a couple. All right, let's uh, just down to. Yeah let's, yeah, let's let's spend a couple of minutes. Let's <laughs> spend a couple of minutes. What a, what a if there's a Marie Antoinette of today's world, it's her, right? It's her. You Which part about Marie Antoinette? The uh, getting her head cut off. Let of him part, eat cake. Or? No, let him eat cake. Oh. <laughs> you know she's up there. She's up there on TV. Like the American people are trying to fi- are sitting around tables trying to figure out where their damn money's going to come from mm-hmm. and. All they want to do is go back to work and earn a living, virus or no virus, and they're giving them six hundred dollars for being out of work for a year, and she's up there eating chocolate ice cream at out of her twenty five thousand dollar freezer at thirty five dollars a pint or whatever the hell it costs.
2: Well, if you look at all the stimulus money that's going to foreign aid, I mean, let's see. Uh, no argument Israel's no getting argument. What, Israel's getting what, forty thousand dollars a person, seriously? Yeah, no getting argument twenty thousand dollars a person. No argument. We should have zeroed out of foreign what? aid thirty or six hundred. Yeah, we should We're have zeroed getting, out four yeah, and eight 30 through. years ago. We just sent 10
0: million to Pakistan for gender studies. Yeah, that's effective. That's that's a really good yeah. use of money in a yeah. country that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And, and then, you, of course, you got Lindsey Graham up there on TV defending it, which is even worse. Literally, he's up there on TV defending yeah. it. All right, let's, um, let's jump over to New York City. Uh, COVID vaccination hubs are ghost towns. So apparently they've set up all these vaccination centers all across the city and people are going out, taking videos of them and photos of them. And there's literally no one there.
2: They must get the they must get the real news because the news over here, man, they're they're people are getting back or we have to wait. Here's long. Here's a a
0: question. Here's a question. And I'm curious about this because we actually Project Veritas. You're familiar with them.
2: Yeah. No, but sure. Go ahead. No.
0: The group that. Okay, yeah, all right, now I know you're putting me on. So they were actually in the early on in this this uh, pandemic, they were actually sending people undercover at these hospitals mm-hmm. because the media was saying, "Oh, the hospitals are surging and there's so many, like all these dead people and there's capacity." Ah, right. So that's that's what was happening in the early days. Of course, they're still doing it, but Veritas actually sent some people undercover to hospitals, and what they found was they would go down to the hospital. The news crew would show up from like CBS or or ABC or NBC, whatever it was, the local affiliate. They would actually go in. They would have the hospital staff, the nurses and the doctors get in their own vehicles and then drive out and then drive back in to make it look like there was a surge of people coming in to get tested and that the emergency rooms were were surging. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if they're doing the exact same thing with the vaccine stuff, because when you actually go there, it's the same thing in the UK. They're saying, oh, we Mm -hmm. got all these people showing up to all these vaccine sites. But when people go out there and actually show it, then there's nothing. See, that's what the harder lockdown in the UK was all about. They were talking about, oh, there's a second wave and the hospitals are surging. Everything's overflowing. Hospitals are empty. So Mm -hmm. are there people that are actually at these vaccine sites? Are there actually people that are lined up or is it just a photo op? That's the thing. Because New York, right, New York has been... I mean, they got hit the hardest, right? According to Fauci and all the rest of them, they got hit the hardest. And so you would think that there should be this massive vaccination rollout and everything. They got 15 vaccination hubs that they're calling that the Department Mm -hmm. of Health has set up and that they have fully staffed. But when you walk past them, there's no one there. I mean, the, the, the workers are there, but there's no one in there getting vaccines. And that's our media for us. I guess. I mean, I mean, we're being told the same thing over here. All the hospitals are surging. It's been a mess. Is We don't know what we're going to do. The hospitals are about to collapse. I've been passed. I mean, there's two. There's t- hell, I went past another hospital a couple of weeks ago. Nothing, nothing. And they say, oh, the- there's so many vaccine appointments that you can't get
1: in. Hospitals are empty. Where, where's all the are appointments? Are, are we surprised, though? I mean, if, if they did this with the, the testing, why wouldn't they lie to us again? I mean,
0: I mean, well, okay. so listen to this. Right. So one DOH Department of Health staffer stationed at the Hillcrest High School Hub in Queens on January 30th said he did nothing all day long. You can't I'm quoting here. He says you cannot imagine how much nothing it was, he said, of the completely demoralizing day. He said there were about 70 workers on hand, some earning overtime pay for 12 hour shifts, and they only had 10 people show up all day to vaccinate. That was it. Worker said several appeals were made to the Department of Health officials to be able to vaccinate people without appointments, but they were denied. Uh, he said the hubs had about 400 to 700 doses. Says so we could use that day to vaccinate
2: a bunch of people, but uh, we just didn't. Or is it that more and more people are understanding what the vaccine, which what each vaccine is doing? You know, although um, uh, which one, which one is claiming that it actually prevents the virus? AstraZeneca. Uh, AstraZeneca. But yeah, but maybe which, people are reading and understanding that. The Swiss, go ahead. The Swiss actually just shut down the
0: AstraZeneca one yesterday. Okay.
2: Well, they're finding out that these this vaccine isn't to prevent you from getting it or giving it to others. It's just to reduce your likelihood of severe symptoms. I mean, so maybe people are learning and going, okay, so I, I don't want to get this. Or maybe uh,
1: they're jumping on board with the... Cynicism that the president and vice president were giving um, last year when the vaccine mm-hmm. process was going. Um, oh, they right, were, right. They were saying that they weren't going to take the vaccine because they couldn't trust it because it was man bad. Right, that could be it too. George Westinghouse Vocational High School in Brooklyn had a similar
0: problem, and these are council, these are local councilmen that are bringing this stuff up. So it's it's not just some loony. I mean, this is out of the New York Post, but I mean, it's not just some amateur video people out there doing this, the councilmen are, are actually bringing this up. A couple of councilmen in these different districts are bringing this stuff up. Department of Health spokesman said the hubs were open to accommodate a limited number of rescheduled appointments from the week prior, but it was another setback for the vaccination program after the city had to close its hubs for four days uh, because it ran out of supply. And hubs were also shuttered on Monday and Tuesday because of a snowstorm that walled the city. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's climate change. Yeah, that's that's why New York's being hit with a snowstorm. Uh, see, see, that's why people
1: aren't going into getting the vaccine because yeah, climate, climate change, change right? Yes, yeah, that's right. The, climate you change entire country has had, you know, sub-zero or sub-freezing temperatures, except for California. I think you guys are having a warm spell over there, aren't you?
2: I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, okay. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really cold. It's freezing. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's below <laughs> freezing here. <so. laughs> well, oh, speaking of freezing, I finally have been able – because I've been trying to pull the archives for the media for – because when I was growing up, we were under the impression of global freezing. Right. That the planet was going to freeze. Leonard Nimoy – And his awesomeness had actually made a video. And because it was Leonard Nimoy, so many people had these videos. He actually did a discovery, Leonard Nimoy talking about global freezing. And and people just keep reposting it on YouTube, even though YouTube says false, false. Well, GP, but it's Leonard I'm glad. Nimoy. It's I'm Leonard glad. Nimoy, and it's yeah, awesome. It's, it's it Mr. Awesome. Spock talking
0: about, yeah, Yes. Mr. Spock talking about global I, freezing. I, I, yes, I'm glad you brought this up. I, I'm really glad you brought this up right here at mm-hmm. the end about this climate change stuff, and we'll, we'll run over here a couple of minutes. I, I'm glad you brought this up because they have a solution for the climate change crisis. They they have a solution for it. Vaccines. Well, kinda. Of, kinda. Of, <laughs> kinda. See, they need to vaccinate the planet from us. Oh. From us. Okay. So the easiest way to do that, mm-hmm. lockdowns. It's the easiest way to, to fight climate change is lockdowns, right? That's just common sense.
2: Well, let's see. We contribute to about nine to ten percent of all climate change activities, maybe ten percent. And that's that's a high that's really, really high, even though that's what the agenda is trying to push. Of the globe. Of what we produce in uh-huh. in, in greenhouse gases and etc. Is that just the United States, or is that mankind as a whole? Just the United States. Just the United States. Ten percent of the of the of the all the pollutants that are going into the planet, all the you know uh-huh. the, the greenhouse yeah, okay. gases. All that's all everything. Yeah, okay, stuff, all right. Everything together, we're about nine nine ten percent, which happens to be coincide. I think how they did this was divide the population of the planet, and that's how you get it. So that's what they've attributed to us. Is the rest of the planet going to lock down? Is India going to completely lock down? Is China going to completely um, – China, we know, well, is not going to completely – and they're and no, they are 40%. No. China is 40% of the globe's greenhouse gas emissions, 40, yeah,
1: yeah. by uh, themselves. So Yeah, yeah so oh, this, this statistic that you're doing, just, just uh, to clarify on it, is it encompassing
2: all emissions or is it only what humans are emitting? It's part – well, it's a country, so it's – I see where you're going. This is actually report from a poll of just the greenhouse gas and – car. I was looking at the carbon tax. And this is just some of the results they got in order to tax different countries. And that's where I got it from. Okay. Because I was looking at how much, you know, what the carbon tax would be for for just Humans are emitting
1: and not actually like all emissions altogether naturally occurring and... Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, right. Not naturally occurring and all that. Oh my God, naturally occurring. Well, South you America would. You're, you're would talking about all this. A whole bunch.
0: Yeah, you're talking about
2: all this. The ocean. For, yeah, you're talking about all this,
0: but the way to solve this, GP, is climate mm-hmm. lockdowns. The climate lockdowns. That's going to be the next talk about climate lockdowns. They posted a report. On the proposed climate emergency, right? Isn't that what Biden's talking about? The climate emergency? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. This is the legislation that would declare climate change a national emergency. If passed, it would give Biden sweeping powers and unlock billions in spending, which we know it's going to be trillions. Since there is no climate emergency at the moment, uh, they've decided that they're going to have to kind of create one, I suppose. What this is going to do, Biden and other Western leaders were, this is provided they would pass this legislation. If that were to happen, then Biden and other Western leaders would declare a possible climate lockdown. In a climate lockdown, governments would limit private vehicle use, ban the consumption of red meat, and impose extreme energy saving measures, while fossil fuel companies would have to stop drilling. Boy, that sounds an awful lot like the Great Reset from the World Economic Forum, doesn't it? That sounds an awful lot like that. You know, yeah.
2: I'm going to have to quote a politician, John Kerry. You guys know who he is? Ever heard of him? Uh, as a matter of fact, yes. Okay. Uh, he he says
0: that uh, the uh, the Paris Agreement is inadequate. Uh, he says this. Begs he the says that question.
2: if we completely shut down the United States, it would have almost no impact. His exact words were "no impact on this problem, none." That's his exact words. But he tried. He reclarified it. What he meant in a later sentence is almost no impact on, if we completely shut down the United States, completely, 100%, it would have almost no impact
0: on this. You know, I want to end here with um, the last part of this discussion here. When when they say that, uh, let me me go over this again, right? When I say an extreme climate lockdown, listen to this. When they say climate lockdown, let me go back over this again. In a climate lockdown, governments would limit private vehicle use. Yes. Ban the consumption of red meat. Uh Uh-huh. Which, by the way, you kind of need that, just saying. Especially if you're developing well, we got
2: no we got, ch- you got chicken, fish, lamb. Uh, there would be nothing. Pork. you. No meat. No meat.
0: Meat. Well, see, they is, said red meat. They said red, red, meat, red meat, but what they mean is meat. They say mm-hmm. meat in the World okay. Economic Forum agenda. Meat. Because meat will be considered a rare delicacy, they say. Because you'll eat bugs and, you know, insect butter and, and all right. that stuff. So, yeah. And impose listen to this, listen to this one very carefully, because I'm going to play audio here just a second and impose extreme energy saving measures. Now, what could that be? What could that be? What are they rioting? What did I say earlier? What are they rioting in China about today? You got millions of people over there. You got millions of people over there that are freezing to death. Literally, they can't heat their homes. It's under 15 degrees in a couple of provinces, and they don't have any heat for their homes. Now, I want to I want to flip over to this right? Because when I say extreme energy saving measures, this is an audio clip. Now, this wasn't supposed to be public. (laughs) This wasn't supposed to be public at all. This was a Zoom call. And it is the, uh, what is he? He's the um, undersecretary for climate change in the state of Massachusetts. What happened was, is this guy was on a Zoom call for, well, he was speaking to other people. What was the Zoom call all about? Well, it was about climate regulations in the state of what was it is it vermont is it vermont that they were referencing or was it massachusetts
1: i well i mean if he's massachusetts i would imagine it's probably massachusetts
0: yeah, but he, but he was I'm speaking really to people sure, he was speaking to people in vermont on it but anyway okay that's beside the point but listen to what he has to say now again this is the undersecretary for climate change in the state of massachusetts listen to this no one was supposed to hear this This is not, he even says, this is not something I would say publicly, but someone was actually recording this, right? Let's take a listen to this. You know, one thing that we found through our analysis is that 60% of our emissions come from, from, as I have been starting to say, you and me, except you guys are in Vermont, 60% of our emissions come from residential heating and passenger vehicles. So let me say that again, 60% of our emissions that need to be reduced come from you the person the treat the senior on fixed income right these there is no bad guy left at least in massachusetts to point the finger at turn the screws on and you know break their will so they stop emitting that's you we have to break your will right? <laughs> i can't even say that publicly I'm- so i'm part of the 60 percent excellent Anybody that (laughs) heats or cools their homes or drives a vehicle, they are going to, quote, break your will. When they're talking about saving or what is it? Uh, Imposing extreme energy saving measures. That's what they mean. It literally means that you will not be allowed to heat or cool your home. That's what it means. And that goes to, oh, you say, okay, well, that's okay. I've got a fireplace. No, 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 no. See, that is a carbon output you're burning wood. The output of that is... What about solar or wind? How many people have solar and wind, GP? A lot here. Okay. But that also drives something that puts out an emission, doesn't it? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Again, even that, you can't even argue that point of it. What would California... Let me ask you this. What would California... Okay, your neck of the woods. It doesn't get too cold out there. The heat you guys have to deal with. I mean, it got down really cold. It was like 50. (laughs) shut up i'm literally freezing over here okay well i mean not not inside but it's it's literally where
2: you are in california where i'm gonna go do some training here tonight it's gonna be 27
0: degrees Fahrenheit. okay let me ask you this in the middle of summer how well would it feel to have no air conditioning in your home
2: well considering i know exactly how that feels (laughs) at one point (laughs) it's awful it is downright miserable You don't need heating in your, I mean, cooling in your, where you live, do you? You have like no, breezes. no, I have But the, I have no got but I had, mountain range. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I, I mean, I've, I've got an air conditioner, so <laughs> I, I haven't used it you know, in the last it, I haven't needed it. Right. I mean, put mm-hmm. one in, but I haven't needed it. I mean, it's there. It some some days, though, it is nice. Some days, though, it is nice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it literally comes on for like two or three hours and then it's back off again. It doesn't really make sense. So literally, I'm going to put in an air conditioner to use and for for what? you know, two hours, (laughs) two hours a year. Literally, that's all it's going to be used for. Yeah. And and on top of that, the construction of buildings over here is completely different. The way that the house is built, it's literally 20 degrees cooler inside than what it is outside, even on the hottest day. It's designed to be that way. And you can like shut down. You, You can they've got shutters on all the windows. You can literally black out everything. You can turn this place into the middle of the night at two o'clock in the afternoon, if you want. That's literally what it is. So the houses are built differently. But the way that we have houses built in the United States, which is usually out of uh, asphalt products and um, some wood you know, <laughs> that's and some sheetrock, that's literally it. Houses get pretty hot. They, they get pretty hot. But um, yeah, they're going to be breaking your will they they're, they're going to be breaking your will. They're going to be cutting off your heat in the in the uh in the winter and they're going to be cutting off your air conditioning in the summer. Boy, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a lot of fun, isn't it? is not it? it's, it's going to be exciting. Isn't, isn't saving the planet great. Isn't isn't this Paris climate accord isn't that great? And John Kerry, he said it's inadequate.
1: It's inadequate. Yeah, it, um I I don't think our wills are the only things they're going to be breaking in that um in that scenario. (laughs) I would imagine not. I'd imagine not.
0: You really, I tell you what, in this little pipsqueak looks like he literally couldn't whip his way out of a wet paper sack. That is an academic piece of garbage is all that is. He lives in the world of theory and academic grants. He knows nothing else. He knows nothing of the real world.
2: You know, okay. To defend some of these people, they may be looking at 30 and 40 years in the future. And if you don't start training people to go without... Because that's probably where we're going to be, is without here. And if we don't start teaching people to eat bugs, like you like to say, um, we're going to be in a whole worse... Do you know, we? That, yes. I agree
0: with you if if we stay on current trends, but the problem is, is yes. that innovation is being arrested. So that's not being allowed no. to happen. They have hijacked innovation and the free market system. And so innovation has been stifled by them. So they want to control and steer it. If we had actual innovation, then we could innovate our way out of this. Mm. I'm a firm believer in that. If we use the free market system, which you and me and everybody else here, we're all big proponents of, then with the free market system comes naturally innovation. So we can come up with better, greener, cleaner alternative ways on our own without being mm. pushed into it like these people are doing.
1: And it's not even that they're pushing us into it. It's they're holding a gun to our heads saying, yeah, yeah, we're going to gonna take all your stuff away from you and we're not going to give you a replacement that's more green or efficient. They're not giving us alternatives. They're, they're removing our they want to take air conditioning away, your, your personal vehicle or heating, either one. What are you going to do to replace it? because if you don't have heating and air conditioning here in the in the prairie lands do you know what happens during the summer and winter times oh. you have elderly that die not just elderly so no that that's not it's not okay in my book.
0: We're going to have to end it there. Unfortunately, we did run over a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, it was a good conversation. We're expecting Parler to come back up today or tomorrow, possibly. But uh, let's hope by the time this goes out that it'll be back up. But anyway, uh, you can follow me over there on Parler at Anderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, we're telling people to uh, hop on over to Telegram. You know, as a matter of fact, I want to talk about that for, here for just a second here at the end. Telegram has grown quite a bit. This is a statement that was put out by Telegram's founder and CEO today. He says that Telegram became the most downloaded mobile app in the world in January 2021. Last month it was the most downloaded app in the world. For the last seven and a half years, Telegram has steadily climbed the rankings for popular apps. Since its launch in 2013, Telegram's user base has grown by over 40% each year. What's our secret? Consistency. For the last seven and a half years, we've consistently defended the privacy of our users and regularly improved the quality and feature set of our apps. I can attest to that. Anyone who stays true to their values and applies focused effort over a long period of time is bound to succeed in their area. This is true for any human occupation, whether that's sports, blogging, art, coding, business, or studying. He goes on to say, because this has been the topic of conversation over the last couple of months. The capitalism and socialism opposition seems to be outdated. I prefer to think in terms of centralization versus decentralization. Humans have evolved to perform best in small groups of less than 150 people. That's why whenever there's a centralization and excessive hierarchy, there's inefficiency and underutilized human potential. Capitalist monopolies and socialist dictatorships are equally bad. In a natural environment, every small community is able to produce an outstanding leader and an independent thinker. In today's world of trillion-dollar monopolies and bloated governments, the potential of hundreds of millions of people is suppressed by the limitations imposed by our artificial societal structures. That is the reason why tens of thousands of people working at big tech corporations such as Facebook have failed to keep with what our small team at Telegram has been implementing. That's also the reason why countries like Russia fail to generate and retain global brands in their jurisdictions. Genuine, and by the way, this person who is speaking on this is a Russian. Genuine creativity is rare in organizations and societies built on excessive hierarchies and lack of personal autonomy. The values that this company represents and the way that their business practices are, this should be a no-brainer in this day and age as to where you need to be putting your efforts if you're into messaging and news gathering and things like that. This is the platform you need to be on. If you're into social networking, it's a social network. It can be as personal or as open as you want it to be. It puts you in control of it. You can follow what you want to follow. You can talk to who you want to talk to. You can create whatever you want to create. So it's a fantastic platform that they're creating over there. So I would highly recommend to any of you who I have not yet, please do get on this platform because with statements like that, it's only a matter of time before they come under even more heavy fire than what they are now. We have a channel over there we are promoting. We're mirroring our podcast that we're putting out because we know podcasting censorship is coming. Look us up when you get over there and get registered on Telegram. Just search for Dynamic Independence, where public channel will pop right up, join our channel. Not only are you getting the podcast we put out every day, you're also getting an exclusive podcast that we do here once a week. That is only... Only available in our telegram channel to our subscribers So subscribe over there and again all this is free this costs you no money so if you already have a smartphone and, and an internet connection, you've already got it. So all you have to do is go download it and register. So yeah, join us over there. Also, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so anytime via email at tips at And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We're trying to grow as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating on whatever respective platform you listen to us on that has a rating system, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, gentlemen, that'll do it for today. Thank you guys for being here today. Thank you all the listeners, everyone have a great evening.